you looking to fine-tune? Whether for your business, your job, your team, or yourself, in each episode, we will be discussing different ideas and opinions using real-world examples to help you see opportunities, innovate, and succeed. Hi, it's Corby Fine, and welcome to Fine Tune. A number of years ago, I joined a gym. I found it was difficult to get going, but once I started into the routine, it became habit. Certain things I would still do around the house. I would go outside for a jog. And when it got cold, about two years ago, decided to buy a treadmill so that I could continue to run inside in the winter. There are certain things about physically going to a gym that I do like. One, there's the variety of equipment and exercises that you can do. The kinds of things that you'd never do at home simply because you don't have access to the same type of gear. The other is the social component. Being motivated by groups of people all pushing themselves, having the social interaction, seeing people that maybe you don't see on a regular basis outside of your home life and your work life. And so as it's been about two months since I and pretty much all of you have stepped foot inside of any fitness studio, the real question I have is, will we ever step foot again? And if we do, what's it going to look like? What are the differences going forward in how we will think about physical fitness? To help answer that, I've decided to talk to someone in charge of digital for one of the world's largest gym membership chains. So with me today is Jonathan Fagg from Good Life Fitness. Uh, Jonathan, why don't you uh, introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do within the company? Firstly, Good Life, we're a chain of health and, and fitness clubs in Canada. So we, across our four brands, we have upwards of 450 clubs, 1.5 million members, um, and we span every province uh, in Canada. So this is our 45th anniversary, so 41 years old. We, we celebrated, April's our anniversary, we celebrate our anniversary during the pandemic, which was certainly an odd experience for, for a fitness club. But um, yeah, we started in 97.9 in London. Uh, so that's that's good life. And then I probably started my career maybe a little bit differently than most in in our industry. And that was as actually as a software engineer. So I was working in the public sector back in, in my uh, my home country of New Zealand. And I moved to Canada about nine years ago, honestly, on a bit of a whim. When you're on your, in your mid, tw- uh, sorry, early 20s, you uh, you kind of just make, make decisions kind of, you know, in the click of a finger. And so I, I kind of came here to, to Canada with the hope of traveling and, and kind of looking around and ended up landing a gig with a, with a consulting firm in the automotive industry. So we're working on product development, digital transformation for, for the three big auto manufacturers here in North America. And then from there, I, I moved into the fitness industry with Good Life about three and a half years ago. So, so my role within, within Good Life is, uh, is leading our, our digital strategy platforms and products. And then as well as our media partnerships with, with our aim, which is, is lofty, but one that we're after is to become the, the best combined live and digital fitness company globally. So my wife was in London, Ontario in the 90s and uh, remembers vividly being a member of, 
I believe what might have been the first three clubs. Mm-hmm. I, I think there was a, a small number for quite some time, and and uh, we've both been members, so I'm you know very familiar personally with the brand, at least the, the primary brand. And I will say it's been a really interesting transition over the last two months when we think about what's going on with regards to uh, fitness overall. And I think as you know, the coronavirus has hit us. You know, studios, whether small independent niche or obviously, you know, larger chain owned and operated like yourself have have essentially had some some pretty fundamental shifts to the business model, Uh, shutting doors, Mm -hmm. stopping automatic billing, which, you know, someone like myself has absolutely noticed when I've got, you know, three members in my house. And I'm sure many, many of my listeners experience that as well. But it came on so suddenly. And I think what's been most interesting to me and in all the reading and research I've been doing and watching the the sort of habits change of my own family has been that there's been this immediate upswing in creativity and flexibility that many studios are offering, yours included. And the transition from a dependency on what was the physical location and the on-site staff has now started to shift to this digital distribution platform. And whether it's free classes on an Instagram live platform, whether it's paid classes with more private one-on-one or sort of small group setting coaching, you know, different studios are tackling this very, very differently, but ultimately they've all started to make some shift to online. I will say, uh, I did actually encounter a woman on my street unloading a spin bike from a van for my neighbor. And upon the conversation happening a little deeper, it turns out that she owned a private spin class studio and was renting out her bikes for $50 a month with delivery until (laughs) such time as she could open again. And so I now am the proud rental owner of a spin bike in my basement, which has actually gotten my 13-year-old son off the video games every once in a while. So, So there are benefits to innovation and shifting. But talk to me about what you guys are doing across your brands with regards to you've closed your doors. In fact, I I give a lot of credit to you for proactively doing that, stopping the payments, really taking a a very customer first approach. But what have you done in terms of the transition, the launch of new uh, streaming and technology capabilities that has been sort of the first reaction to the to the pandemic? Yeah, well, uh, you know, first off, thanks for the um, for the, for the shout out, I think we, you know, we're, we're in the personalization business, right. And, you know, that's obviously a buzzword in, in, in the digital landscape at the moment, but, but that's our business model. And that's the way we look at it in that everyone has a different fitness journey that they're on. No, no two fitness journeys are the same. And so, so that's, that's essentially what we provide. We provide a very personalized experience for, for all of our members you know, our, our view on that hasn't changed, uh, regardless of a global pandemic. So how we provide those services, you know, the, uh, the how and the when has changed, but the what hasn't. And I think the, the focus for us has been on continuing to provide the experience that we provide in the clubs through now, you know, different channels. And, and I kind of said it at the top, our goal is to become the best combined live and digital and it's that combined aspect that really, you know, there's there's an undertone there of of experience driven, and that's kind of been the the platform by which we've we've uh, jumped off on. So, thankfully, we're in a place throughout our transformation, our digital transformation, where a lot of these platforms and technologies that that we need to do this are in place already, and so we were lucky enough we didn't have to go and uh, you know purchase new platforms or technology or, or things like that. We, we could really use the great base that we had 
and be able to build from that. So, you know, one of those examples is we've been working on our new uh, mobile fitness app for uh, quite a few months with our partners. And um, uh, we had to switch directions very quickly. You know, it was originally focused on very club centric capabilities, you know, being able to check into the club, being able to book your class, being able to get driving directions to a club near you. And that switched very quickly to being able to provide what people needed at home. So exercises, workouts, um, you know, very structured training plans that people could plan out their day and and really support our members just like we do in our clubs now, just, just through different channels. So I guess if, if we were to kind of distill it down into a couple of focuses, that was, that was the, the primary focus. The second one was we also have, you know, a responsibility to support Canada during this time with our, with our vision being to give everyone the opportunity to live a fit and healthy, good life that again, didn't change just because the circumstances changed. And so we, we felt it was really important to get out there content and workouts and, and uh, resources and guides that would really help Canada at large to get through the situation. And so that's how we, we launched good life at home, which um, is a free product for, for anyone um, to be able to access and that's that's been received really well, which is which is great because I think we all need to help each other during this time, and so that's that's the way that we we know how to help best. So I talk to a lot of people in the digital space, both from a service provider and software provider side, as well as from a business operations perspective. And there was this mixed reaction to the question of were you nervous or excited <laughs> about the possibilities of the future? when you saw such a rapid force hitting you around a need to transform probably at a a faster clip than you had prior. And when I think about your business and I think about having been a member for many years, having had, to your point, a location-centric app on my phone that really played a couple of basic uh, roles for me. One, I didn't have to carry a card because I had my phone so I could scan in. Yep. Two, it had an inter- integration with uh, my watch, which is a Garmin, so that I could actually track the visitation and the amount of time that I was working out. So for a numbers or analytics focused person, there's some you know interesting utility, but it didn't get much deeper than that. And so as someone leading the digital evolution of this business, what was your reaction? Were you excited about, oh my God, now I'm going to get the budget and the tools and the attention at the corporate level to really move fast and speedy? Or were you a bit a little nervous about, oh my God, but how am I going to fund that if there's some fundamental changes in the business model? Yeah, it's it's a good question. And and I think, um, you know, I'll, I'll play, play the fence and say it's definitely a bit of both. Um, you know, I would say I, I was excited by the opportunity that was placed in front of us. I think everyone in a digital role is always looking for, you know, that next challenge or gets excited by, you know, potentially a new customer segment that they have to solve for or, you know, a new opportunity that they they see come to market. You know, that that's part of us uh, as we are in, in a digital landscape. So that was, that was exciting. Um, I think, you know, thankfully, like I kind of, uh, talked about previously, we were in a place where a lot of the work had already been done on our digital transformation to get to you know where we were. So we had to speed up a lot of things for sure to get those to market quickly because of the times that changed. But we were very lucky that we had planned uh, a lot of this work previously just through our through our platform evolution and through our digital strategy. So you know one of the things we have seen though is that 
you know, the pandemic has forced people to embrace that technology um, in, in our industry more than ever. So, you know, as an example, uh, last week we we hosted Canada's biggest Zumba class through uh, through a Zoom meeting. So we had a thousand people all doing Zumba in their uh, various rooms in their house, all you know, being able to see each other and interact with each other, which was an incredible experience to to watch and capture. And what we learned from that is is the the demographic is much more dispersed than what we would see usually in in a digital space. Um, which you know, obviously, you usually for for most industries skews uh, skews younger. So having to solve for those you know those other demographics that you know traditionally you know wouldn't be using our our digital products as much as they would, you know that was a challenge. It's not something that we have ever had to solve for in the past, or at least not put a lot of time into. And so so you know those those digital platforms for us are, are becoming really close now to mirroring what we would see in the club. Which is exciting because it means that I talked about experience-driven fitness, and and we know how to do that. You know, we've we've been doing that for such a long time, and so bringing that into the digital space is really what provides value. You know, provides some some validation that what we're doing is accessible for for all of our members, which is obviously great. the The other part is is the nervous piece because you know our industry has been really heavily impacted. It's all all gyms around the world have had to shut down for obvious reasons. How we recover from that as an industry is going to be a case study in in patience um, and adversity. You know, some of the latest news out of the Netherlands actually is that that they just announced yesterday that they won't be reopening their clubs until September. So that you know that makes a lot of people nervous, uh, and so. Uh, again, how we how we solve for that moving forward is going to be it's it's going to take everyone to to bring their A game. So you've talked a little bit about some of the, what those capabilities are. You mentioned Good Life at Home. You talked about empowering Canada's largest Zumba class on Zoom, which has a bit of a paradox in the naming convention. <laughs> Nothing that we did, but hey, it works. So maybe tell my audience uh, what are one or two of the key new features and capabilities that are coming. Give us a sneak preview of maybe the next evolution in what digital fitness transformation looks like. There's a there's a few things that we uh, had planned for, for those digital platforms that we haven't been able to use uh, yet. That I think you know we're we're excited to to get out there. So you know a big one is is centered around being able to book your your group fitness class, being able to book the spot. Hopefully you know in the near future, very much like we 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 are able to. You book your your individual bike or your individual spot on the floor. Being able to access the club through a secure method, so you know our previous app allowed you to do that with a with a uh, a barcode, but the the new version is a lot more secure um, and has a revolving uh, system, so that the the QR code is unique to each individual person over a period of time. So so the the um, the security on it is a lot higher. The evolution of that is being able to manage a lot of the aspects of your membership that usually you would have to either do, you know, through calling our, our member experience department or, or, you know, visiting the club to do. So, so providing those self-serve options um, through our digital products is really where we plan to take this, as well as providing the next evolution of our content distribution. So being able to, to access workouts and, uh, and exercises through, through the mobile app. And then... The last piece being able to purchase or make mobile payments as well. So it's really, um, you know, the the goal in, and I've said it multiple times, but I'll say it again, in, in being able to provide that combined live and digital, 
the value there is really feature parity. And so anything that, that you should be able to do in the club or anything that you should be able to do uh, through speaking to an associate should be able to provide the same ease of use through our digital products. Yeah, I think as more consumers get used to this uh, working from home and working out from home model, the long-term implications are you know, somewhat obvious, but there's probably some hidden gems. And I think the the last kind of feature set that you mentioned, including one leveraging a digital relationship with your customer, even to enable things like purchases, the experience I've gone through renting a bike at home, you can start to envision and forecast a different kind of relationship between a member and a club. And whether that's partly going in, partly working out from home, having access though, to your point around secured messaging to the individual trainer or group of trainers who might be helping an individual achieve their fitness goals and results. There's there's all kinds of things that I could start to think of, and I'm sure you guys are in the planning. What do you think about the footprint though of the physical gym and how do you see that changing over the next little while? Are they more niche? Are they the same size and square footage with less people as we're starting to see some of the potential conversations of mandates from government coming out around the number of people that'll be able to integrate with each other. Uh, anything you guys are talking about that that might give us a, a bit of a foreshadow into that? Well, the first thing it does is it completely shifts the view for what our member is. Um, you know, a, a member in the very near future could be someone that doesn't even interact with us physically, which is something that, you know, for, for clubs like ourselves is never really something we've we've talked about, at least not at length. So, you know, now more than ever, our members crave experience, they crave personalization given the current context. So our industry as a whole is going to have to be really focused on providing uh, a great experience in the clubs and focus on what those services are. So with such a large spike in digital adoption, um, you know, that that intersection between what is physical and what is digital is going to become really important. You know, it's, it's really taking what we've learned uh, in the media world. You know, Corby, I know you come from from a media background and and something that that uh, I'm responsible for at Good Life and and the connection between the offline and online is a constant challenge that we all face, and so this is for, and, you know the way I look at it is it's just the next evolution of that and how we combine those into something that spans multiple platforms, multiple devices, multiple locations is going to be an interesting study to to watch over the next little bit. Not not only because of uh, how our industries evolve, but also just given the current context. You know, one thing we are following closely is what this will do to exercise adherence. If you're used to working out at home on days when you can't make it to the gym, so, you know, pretty much everyone right now, um, our thought is that we'll see a greater adherence and, and that barrier of working out from home or on the road or for those traveling um, has lowered considerably. And it's now part of our members' day-to-day activities, right? People are now used to working out from home. So, you know, our our vision is that that continues and, and that, there, there'll always be a place for the for the bricks and mortar club and and coming in and, and doing your workout in a location and having the social aspect of of working out with your friends or doing a group fitness class. But how we combine those two and how we offer you know a, a really diverse experience for for each person and how they want to interact with us um, is is where we're where we're going. That's a great segue into what I think my last kind of point will be. So I personally can see myself being that new sort of split-focused consumer where I'm becoming a bit better at self-managing the 
the sort of notion that I have to work out at home because I can't get to the gym. But instead of it being because of kids or a snowstorm or time constraints, it's because they're just closed and they will open up. And when they open up, there are certain things that someone like myself relishes in, which is diversity of equipment, sometimes the motivational factor of other people around me sort of by, you know, direct or indirect uh, outcomes pushing me to be better and do better. You know, you kind of look over your shoulders like, man, I wish I could go that fast. <laughs> and then you, you, you push it up a few. But there are, there are, and I'll use two competitors' names to kind of talk about the opposite end. On one hand, you've got, let's say, Peloton, who, as you've seen with their share price and their growth and consumption of their app by giving it away for 90 days, has seen uh, massive growth built on the notion that this you know, do-it-yourself at home model through digital channel connectivity is is the future. On the other hand, you've got a very, very fast upcoming gym, uh, which is F45. In fact, one was supposed to open the beginning of February, literally at the end of my street. And I had this high intent to try it. But that membership and that gym model is very, very, very structured, in my opinion, around like being there because of the equipment and the diversity of the of the workout. And I'm not sure that everyone could do that at home because of the need for all that kinds of equipment. So there's a big split. And I think where you guys have a huge opportunity is to your point, you're kind of down the middle and you are an organization that's probably very well set up to maintain what you called that, that new definition of a member of which some will be fully physical. Some will be a hybrid and some to your point, which you've never had before might be a touchless customer that you never, ever, ever have stepped foot inside one of your 450 club locations. Mm -hmm. So when I think about that, if I were to say, hey, you're the CEO, you're Patch, you're moving forward, you've got the next one or two or three key decisions to make, how do you see yourselves capitalizing on being that middle spread? There are always going to be people that rely 100% on physical. There are always going to be people that rely on 100% distributed and will never in their lives set foot in a gym for umpteen reasons. But you've got this huge opportunity. So so you're the CEO for a day. What's what's next on the roadmap? Uh, that's that's a tough question. You know, our, our CEO and founder, Patch, obviously started Good Life 41 years ago. And he had a tiny little club in, in London, Ontario. Um, and is built to what we are today. So he's definitely someone I look up to from from a leadership and business perspective, but also just you know an expert in our industry who's been heavily involved in 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 it for so long. And I think you know I, I think our industry is kind of seeing this what I like to call our second wave of disruption. So the first wave being you know the pure digitization of fitness. You you had competitors just like you, you spoke about Peloton. Um, and other providers that were that were giving a, a pure digital membership. The second wave that we're kind of moving into now sort of starts blurring the lines between between digital and equipment. So, you know, another two big players in that space are, are companies um, called Tonal and Mirror, which which provide kind of wall mounted gym solutions in your home and then give you access to, to digital content and personal training services. I, I secretly watch those commercials and go, man, that would be cool. But what kind of mounting stud weight on my wall do I need? And where the heck would I put it in an urban 25 foot wide home? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've seen the uh, the spoofs on Twitter of the Peloton ads. I imagine there'll be something similar f for these two. And it's a great question, right? I think 
you know, the, it's definitely a very interesting product and a very interesting way to take our industry. Um, but the practical questions start, start coming up pretty quick as well. You know, but I will say, I think, you know, there's always going to be a place for, for the bricks and mortar clubs with specialized equipment, live classes. You know, there's that social interaction that you, you don't get through, through a digital subscription. Through our digital products and services, it's a great way to introduce members to new programming or to, to work out options that they can try in the comfort of their own home or at least think about and learn about before they make their way into the club. And, and, and while, you know, this, this pandemic has closed down a lot of our in-person interactions and, and pushed business online for, for all industries, I, I think people more than now, now more than ever, sorry, are, are really craving that, that one-to-one interaction, that human touch. And so the more people, some, uh, the more people have something in front of them, the more they want to do it. So the more that they can see what they can do, you know, the more that they'll be able to then take step foot into a club and do the same thing, you know, in a much more social and much more interactive setting. So I don't think this is going to lead, I don't think this is going to impact the consumer's want for physical interactions. I think this is going to likely increase it. And, and that goes for, for all, all verticals. You know, if, if we were to distill it down into, into one decision or one direction, it would be, you know, with, with our industry evolving and changing so quickly, you know, the two waves of, of disruption I talk about have happened in a number of, you know, single digit years kind of thing. It's that constant investment in digital transformation, which, which by the way, in my opinion, never stops. You know, there isn't a day where we all sit down and crack a beer and high five each other and say, okay, good, we're, we're done transforming. Good job. What's, what's the next thing we're going to do? Um, we need to have the capability, the technology, the platforms to adapt, you know, almost instantly at this point. And if you were to look up, look up the, the angel list of startups in the fitness category, we're almost breaching 4,000 startups last time I checked, which was a few days ago. So that rate of growth and disruption in our industry is going to just keep keep climbing. And you know, we've we've all seen and, and read the articles that you know the last time we had an economic depression, it, it birthed these these fantastic digital um, organizations, you know, Airbnb, Uber, and that sort of stuff. And and we would be silly to think that that's not going to happen again. So, you know, we've never been afraid to try something as a company or test something out. And and our and Patch being a kind of a serial entrepreneur has driven that. So for us to continue with that, especially in this time, um, is going to, to going to be really important for us. Those are some really great points. And I, for one, am someone who is aligned to the notion that everything can always be made better so that your point around, there's no termination point of, hey, we've transformed. It's continual evolution. It's always testing. It's always trying. And maybe we need to move from digital transformation to you know, perpetual digital evolution, because really that's all we're doing. We're consistently involving, whether it's fitness or any other industry. Um, I also like your tip, you know, watch AngelList. And it's a good tip for anyone in any industry to see what is the competitive and startup activity in your space, which says you're in a hot zone. You're in a zone where people want to get in. And what are you going to do to get ahead of it so that you don't get uh, your shoes essentially taken out from under view by uh, startups and and other organizations that might be a little more nimble at at adapting to market market changes. Um, so a couple quick, uh, just you know, personal questions to wrap this up. How have uh, how have you been at your own uh, your own fitness compliance and and self regulating? You know what it, it's it's been it's uh, it's been a challenge. I'll call it what it is. You know, we I think now more than ever. 
And something I've been stressing to our team is that, you know, we, we need to take our own advice. You know, we're, we're telling all of our members and we're telling Canada that now more than ever, you have to look after yourself, both physically and mentally, and we need to do the same. So, um, you know, the, the, the weather, as we sit here and, and chat, Corby, it's snowing in London, Ontario. So for the early May, that's definitely a disappointment. So yeah, so I'm, I'm doing what I can. I think uh, I, I'm a, a, a runner and, and, and biker. I've just taken my bike off my indoor trainer. So hopefully, uh, hopefully that can get, can get out in a few, a few days, but yeah, I've been, I've been trying to spend a lot of time outside. I think, you know, the fresh air is, is done. Everyone wonders. So that's been my, uh, that's been my routine for the last couple of months. So your absolute favorite way to stay fit, what is it? Uh, it's, it's definitely biking. In our clubs, I'm a huge fan of uh, of our spin classes and RPM. Uh, and then uh, during the during the summer months, getting out on my bike, I'm I'm where we where we live is sort of North London, so we have access to a lot of great uh, backcountry roads that we can I can bike forever on. Uh, and then in the winter, I put it up on a on a trainer in my office and usually jump on Zwift and kind of virtually exercise with uh, with my friends and colleagues. And what's the one? form of exercise that you do because you know you need to but you absolutely dread i've never been great at proper stretching i've never been good at at preparing my myself for uh for exercise that i do you know i've always been the kind of person that just you know i throw on my shoes and i go for a run and then i wonder the next day why i hurt so much that's great and so with me today has been jonathan fag the head of digital and media for good life fitness giving us some you know, really great insights into the transformation, not just today, but for the future of the fitness industry. Uh, obviously, uh, I'm a fan, I'm a member, uh, and I, I'd like to personally, you know, say thank you for the way in which Good Life has responded to the current situation, as we talked about earlier. And uh, I really appreciate you sharing some of your, your thoughts and insights on the future and evolution of fitness for myself and my audience. Yeah, thanks, Corby. And thanks for having me on today. I really enjoyed it. That's great. And enjoy the, uh, the May snow in uh in london ontario hopefully it only lasts a couple more minutes otherwise they'll uh yeah who knows well, what otherwise otherwise your bike's going back on the train that's right it is, sure is yeah all right have a great day jonathan thank you thanks buddy take care you've been listening to fine tune if you haven't done so already please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts you can connect with me on Twitter at CFine, through LinkedIn at CorbyFine, or visit my website, CorbyFine.com. Fine Tune is produced by me, Corby Fine. Thanks for listening. <laughs>